Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Ah, welcome back to It Could Happen Here, a podcast it's a podcast. Uh, I'm Robert Evans, uh, and with me today is Garrison Davis and Hello. James Stout. Hello. A, a Canadian, a Britishman, and a Texan walk into a podcast. Yeah, walk yeah, into yeah. a podcast. Yeah, yeah. This but is the least two, toxic only two, only two of them can drink in a bar. Um, uh, uh, that's not true. In Canada, we can all drink in, in a bar. In Canada, we can all country. drink in a bar. Now, yeah, Garrison, yeah. a moment ago, you were holding your hand above a lit candle in a way that reminded me of G. Gordon Liddy, uh, the Nazi who masterminded the Watergate break-in, and in order to convince people that he was a hard man, would regularly burn the palm of his hand on a candle while staring at them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a cool gender, guy. Isn't gender great? Haven't Just we really a cool guy. It? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, G. Gordon Liddy. You don't know yeah. enough about it. We'll talk about G. Gordon Liddy. But today we're talking about something else problematic. Artificial intelligence, um, which is not a thing that exists anywhere. Uh, it is instead a terrible, terrible error uh, going back to like the 60s in ter- case of terminology. Um, w- when we talk about all of the things that people are like... B- you know, flipping out as AIs, chat GPT and stable diffusion and fucking um, all, all these other sort of like um, different programs. They're not intelligences. They're, you know, the chat GPT is like a large language model. Yeah. They're all essentially like bots that you train 
to understand kind of like what the likeliest thing that what the likeliest appropriate response is to like a given prompt. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of like the 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 broadest way to explain it. It's complicated and they're you know very useful, but obviously if you've been paying attention to the world right now, there's just a whole bunch of bullshit about them. And I, I think to kind of make sense of of why we're seeing some of the shit around AI that we're seeing, and and for a little bit of specificity, um, there have been like this kind of endless series of of articles around this open letter signed by a bunch of luminaries in the AI field talking about how you know, there need to be laws put in place to stop it from ending the world. You know, you, you've seen articles about like, oh, so X percentage of AI researchers think that it could it could destroy the planet or destroy the human race. Um, kind of most recently, the biggest article, the biggest like viral hype article was that the Pentagon had supposedly been testing uh, an AI like missile system that blew up its operator in a simulation because the operator was trying to stop it from, from firing or whatever. Um, it was bullshit. Like what was that? What actually had like (laughs) vice ran with the article. It was very, the vice would do this flipping out about how horrifying, you know, our AI weapons future is. And like, yeah, we shouldn't give AI the ability to like kill people, but that's not at all what happened. Basically, a bunch of army nerds or air force nerds were sitting around a table doing the D&D version of like military planning where you say, what if we did this? What kinds of things could happen if we did this system? And another guy around the table said, "Oh, well if we build the system this way, it might conceivably attack its operator, you know, in order to optimize for this kind of result," which is like not scary. Like it's 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 just people talking through pot like a flowchart of possibilities around a fucking table. You don't need to worry about that. There's so many other things to worry about. New York City is blanketed in a layer of smog so thick you could cut it with a butter knife. Like don't don't flip out about AI weapons just yet, folks. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to kind of talk about why this shit is happening, and a lot of it comes down to the fact that. When um when we're talking about the aspects of like the tech industry that have an impact on outside of the tech industry, right? There's basically three jobs in big tech. One job is creating iterative improvements on existing products. These would be the teams of folks who are responsible for designing a new iPhone every year, right? Every couple of years, Lenovo puts out a new series of ThinkPads and IdeaPads. Every couple of years, you know, you get a new MacBook. Um, every couple of years, Razer puts out a new Blade. Um, this is, you know, these are the folks who kind of move along technology at a, a relatively like steady pace for, for consumer devices. Uh, and then you have the people who are responsible for kind of what you might call the moonshot products. Uh, this is a mix of the next big thing and, uh, and doomed failures. Uh, and it's often pretty hard to tell, you know, what's going to be what ahead of time. A very good example would be, Back in the 90s, Apple put a bunch of resources into launching an early tablet computer called the Newton that was a fabulous disaster. And then in the mid-aughts, they put a bunch of resources into launching the iPad, which was a huge success. Um, and when when you kind of think about like the folks doing this, like working on the moonshot products, um, uh, the most recent example would be whatever team at Apple, the team at Apple that was behind putting together these new Apple goggles, which... I don't think are going to be a wildly successful product in the way that they need it to be, like a smartphone scale success. But this is an example of like a thing that didn't exist and a bunch of people had to invent new technologies or new ways to combine technologies in order to make it exist. Um, The third kind of, of job that the tech industry has, broadly speaking, 
are con men, right? Um, and the state that we are in in the industry right now is that every major tech company is run by some form of con man, right? Um, Tim Cook is, you know, kind of the the least conniest of the con men among them. But like Mark Zuckerberg, obviously, is a a, a fucking flim flam artist, you know. And and you can see this with um, the huge amount of money, the like it's something like eleven billion dollars at least that Facebook pumped into this bullshit metaverse scheme that like Apple barely even talked about during their event unveiling like a, a, a headset that has VR potential in it. Um, I'm getting away from myself here. Kind of the point that I'm making is that you can often have very real products. There's actual technology going into the into the Apple glasses um, marketed by con men, flim flam artists. This is not always like a bad thing, right? Steve Jobs was a con man uh, and it worked out pretty well for him because um, it just so happened that the tech not he had a decent enough idea of what the tech was capable of, um, that it was able to kind of meet uh, the promises he was making in more or less real time. An example of what happens, you know, pretty spectacularly when that's not the case is what we saw with Theranos and Elizabeth Holmes, who started prison last week. Um, right. You've got these promises being made by the con man and the people who are responsible for the moonshots can't make it work. Um, I'm bringing this up right now because. There's a lot of folks, I think, who believe that the 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 like the actual potential of AI has been proven in a spectacular way, because the tools that have been released are able to do cool things. Um, and I think those people are missing some key aspect, like some key things that like might cause one to think more critically about the actual potential the industry has, and also might cause one to think more critically about. Um, how earth shattering it's all going to be. It's being taken kind of as red right now by a lot of particularly journalists and, and media analysts outside of the tech and or like outside of, of you know, the dogged tech press that like, well, this is going to upend huge numbers of industries and put massive numbers of people out of work. And, you know, that may seem if you sat down in front of this chatbot and had like a mind blowing experience, that may seem credible. Um, there's not the evidence behind that yet. Um, if you actually look at the numbers behind some of these different companies and like how their usership has grown and how it's fallen off, one of the things you've seen is that a lot of these tools had this kind of massive surge peak in terms of the number of people adopting them and in terms of their profitability. You saw this with like stable diffusion, right? And then this kind of fairly rapid fall afterwards, um, not because people are like giving it up forever or whatever, but because like once you fucked around with it and generated some images or generated some stories, there's not a huge amount to do unless you're someone who's specifically going to be using this for your job. And most of the people that wanted to fuck around with with a lot of these apps didn't have long-term use cases for them. This is why, while you've got like, for example, uh, Stability, which is the company, or at least the main company behind Stable Diffusion, um, has been valued at like $4 billion, I think last it was checked. Um, but their annualized revenue is only about $10 million. So that's a pretty significant gap. And it's a pretty significant gap because the actual money in AI so far isn't with the service providers, really. Like you've got some that have made in like the $100 million range, although it's not entirely clear what their margins are. Um, or what the kind of the long-term reliability of that profit is. But the vast majority of money in AI, like almost all of it, has been made by companies like NVIDIA. Uh, NVIDIA jumped up to become like a trillion-dollar company as a result of this because the, um, the, the 
uh, like hardware needs of these uh, products are so intense. Um, and obviously that shows there's money here for somebody, but the fact that like a shitload of people got curious about these apps and used them in quick succession and then kind of dropped off is an evidence that like we're seeing entire industries replaced as much of it as, as it is evidence that like a lot of people thought this was interesting briefly. Um, and so I, I think kind of when you look at the data, one of the things this suggests is that we're heading towards a point in AI. And I think we're probably going to hit it within the next six months to a year that is is broadly referred to as like the trough of disappointment. Um, and this is what happens when kind of the promises of a new technology that are being made by the hype men or con men, as I tend to call them, meet with like the actual reality of its execution, um, which in some areas is going to be significant. There are places, I think, medical research may be one of them. We'll talk about that in a bit, where a lot of the promises people are making about AI uh, will be fairly quickly realized. And then there are areas where it won't be. Uh, I think content generation is one of those things. Um, but yeah, that, so that's that's kind of like what I'm seeing when I'm looking at the broad strokes of of where this technology is here and kind of the gap between how people are talking about it and, and what we're actually seeing in terms of monetization. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. I want to talk a little bit now about kind of one of the guys, I would call him kind of a con man, who's been a big driver of, of the current AI push. Uh, he's a dude named Ahmad Mostak, um, and he's the founder of Stable Diffusion, right? Which is a text-to-image generator that was kind of like before ChatGPT hit, this was like the first really, really big mainstream 
AI thing. ChatGPT was was a lot larger, but um, Stable Diffusion came first, and you know was critical behind a, among other things a lot of the the silliest NFT bullshit. Um, and he's he's a really uh, interesting dude. Like if you look at kind of his own claims about his background, uh, he says that he's got an Oxford master's degree that he was like. Ooh the behind an award-winning hedge fund uh, that he like worked for the United Nations in a really important capacity. Um, and also that he obviously founded this, this AI bot. Um, none of that's true. Uh, he has a bachelor's <laughs> degree from Oxford, not a master's degree. He did. Well, that's uh, what he's playing off a thing that happens there where like you can, you you can get, uh, if you have a BA Oxen, you can, you can get it to be an MA. It doesn't mean you did mm-hmm. a master's. It, it's just uh, the wealthy people flex. Yeah, it's it's not a master's degree. You shouldn't call it that. If you're calling it that, you're taking the piss. Yeah, yeah. He's taking the piss knowing no one's going to call him on it, or at least knowing Mm -hmm. that people wouldn't like at large, like loudly enough for it to matter for him. Yeah. Um, Yeah. He hasn't worked with the UN uh, in quite some time uh, and never (laughs) did in a major capacity. He did run a hedge fund uh, that was successful in its first year, but then got shut down in its second year because he lost everybody's money. (laughs) Um, So like this is this is but you see with this guy, if you go through his like history, he's like he's like chasing hedge funds in the early aughts. Um, he first gets in with stable diffusion after COVID and he's kind of like billing it as this is going to help with like research into trying to like, you know, fight the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, and then he kind of pivots to like, oh, this is a great way to like make NFTs and shit. You know, when that hit, like he's, he's just sort of like chasing where the money is, um, any way he kind of can. Um, and he's not, uh, by the way, he's not the guy who wrote any of the source code for this that was done by like a group of researchers and he, you know, he essentially like acquired it. Which is usually what happens here. Now, none of this has stopped him from getting $100 million or so in investments uh, from various venture partners. Um, It hasn't stopped his company from getting this massive violation. It hasn't stopped the White House from inviting him to uh, talk as part of like a federal AI safety initiative. Um, But it is one of those like when I, I kind of look into this guy and kind of the gap between his claims and what's actually happened and the claims that are are being made about the value of his company and what it's actually like proved to be worth so far. I think a lot about Sam Bankman Freed because um, a lot of like the early writing around this guy was similar uh, and a lot of the kind of shit that he's claiming is is similar. And yeah, I, I, I'm not sure if this is a case where, because Bankman Freed is one of these people who like Elizabeth Holmes, I think backed the wrong technology because it's fine in Silicon Valley, it's fine generally speaking in capitalism to lie about what a product can do if you can, you know, fake it till you make it. Uh, and and maybe AI is there. He may have this guy may have like made a good bet as to the future, but it, that's kind of far from certain yet. And it's it's just really clear how much of this industry is being built on or is being built by how much of like the people running sort of these AI companies are dudes who managed one way or another, either through access to VC funding or kind of like, um, you know, just being in the right place at the right time to jump in on the bandwagon in the hopes that they'll be able to cash out very, very quickly. I found a good quote from a Forbes article talking about like a big part of why guys like Mustak um, are so interested in AI right now from a financial perspective. Um, and this is true, not just this was true about like crypto before, but I, AI, because there's more to the technology, um, this is kind of even more so 
uh, uh, valid. Quote, venture capitalists historically spend months performing due diligence, a process that involves analyzing the market, vetting the founder, and speaking to customers to check for red flags before investing in a startup. But start to finish, Mustock told Forbes, he needed just six days to secure $100 million from leading investment Oof. firms Kochu and Lightspeed once Stable Diffusion went viral. The extent of due diligence that the firms performed is unclear given the speed of the investment. The investment thesis we had is that we don't know exactly what all the use cases will be, but we know that this technology is truly transformative and has reached a tipping point in terms of what it can do, Gaurav Gupta, the Lightspeed partner who led the investment, told Forbes in a January interview. So again, they're, they're being like, yeah, we're pumping tens of million dollars of dollars into this. We don't know how it'll make money. It just seems so impressive that it has to be profitable. Now, that line is particularly funny, maybe the wrong word, uh, when like compared alongside this paragraph from later in the article. In an open letter last September, Democratic Representative Anna Eshoo urged action in Washington against the open-source nature of stable diffusion. The model, she wrote, had been used to generate images of violently beaten Asian women and pornography, some of which portrays real people. Bashara said new versions of stable diffusion filtered data for potentially unsafe content, helping to prevent users from generating harmful images in the first place. So it's like, part of what's happening here is you've got this thing that seems really impressive, and that is to some extent because it's able to like remix stuff that exists in a way that you haven't done automatically before. Um, but all of these kind of valuations are based, number one, on ignoring the problems with monetizing this stuff, including like the still very much unsorted nature of how copyright's going to affect this, and also like the question of is this really worth that much money? Like is is this actually is being able to generate kind of weird, slightly off-putting AI images a a a, a huge business? Like how much of because like from where I'm seeing it, one of two things is possible. Number one, this replaces all art everywhere, and so there's a shitload of money in it. Or number two, this remains a way that like low quality websites and like Amazon dropship. Uh, scammers who are like putting up fake books on on Kindle and whatnot to trick people using keywords like that it this is just like a way to fill that shit out um like I don't see a whole lot of room in the middle there you know maybe I'm I'm being like overly pessimistic there but that's 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 where I'm sitting I mean some of the models we've seen used is selling like su subscription packs to for like access to these tools and access to use them for like commercial yeah. reasons um other thing we could see is just like corporations selling to other corporations, like base mm -hmm. having Disney and Warner Brothers be able to use this to generate concept art. And now they, they don't need to pay concept artists. And instead, they just have like pretty, pretty, uh, pretty like nicely curated tools for them to generate this type of um, yeah AI image. I think yeah. those, are, those are kind of two of the biggest use cases that at least I'm seeing right now from slightly more on like the creative filmmaking art side of things. Um, because I mean, I don't think it's going to replace all, all no. art. I, I think <laughs> nobody, nobody is actually, uh, is, is actually thinking this is just going to replace all, all art, just like photography did not replace all art. It just, it, it changes the paradigm. And because this, this tool does seem like specifically useful for, for the, for the way that we're seeing like corporations make the same movie every five years, like it's all, it's, 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 it's all built on the, all of the same stuff. And I think that well, that's yeah. how a lot of a lot of it's going to get used. It's going to be a, a lot of weird scam artists, people just messing around for fun, 
and then people not paying like illustrators as much <laughs> like yeah and i think that's kind of like i see this being adopted widely but that's not the same as it like being a huge success like right now i'm looking at an article that's estimating the current value of ai in the us is at 100 billion dollars and that by 2030 it'll be worth 2 trillion us dollars and it's like i don't know man like is i mean is the ai replacing... is more than just like mid journey image creation right there is there's sure. like like open ai and chat gpt and yeah. We, like AI is in everything we use now. Like like, yeah. like AI is in your smartphone. AI is going to be in your refrigerator soon. So like it, it, it's not just image generation by any means. That kind yeah. of gets to what I'm saying because that's that's when you look at AI as a tool as more of like a paintbrush than a painter is a tool that will like augment or be used in because I think a lot of, a number of times it may be used in a way that makes the product worse in a lot of existing technologies. Well, that's really different from kind of number one, the 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 doom and gloom. Like this is a, a an intelligence on its own that could like overtake humanity. I think the worry is more like this could make get adopted on such a large scale that it like makes a lot of shit worse. Like the, my biggest fear with AI is that it kind of hypercharges the SEO industry and the way that yeah. that has worked to destroy search and destroy so much of internet content. Yeah, I think that is very possible. Like if I look at Chat GPT, like. I don't think that's going to be writing features for Rolling Stone anytime soon. No. But what it can probably do, because SEO max copy is derivative, right? Like, like it, it's yeah. predictable, it's derivative, it's based on other stuff. It's supposed to be. Yeah, and so it can do that SEO max copy and some of that ad copy like very well. And, and yeah, either really fuck up searches, which is quite possible, and also make the lowest kind of acceptable tier of that kind of copy what it can generate. And sort of because you can just shove that copy in front of people with SEO Max and then have shitty ad copy written by Chat GPT, like that will change how certainly how we buy stuff on the internet, right? But also how we read news, etc. Yeah, if, absolutely. Um, and I already see that. Like, uh, I've written for some big publications who have like essentially a side. Okay, you, do people know what content-driven commerce is? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah, that's, so it's, that, it's why every article about stuff is now the best five X, right? Yeah, like the and why they have they have affiliate links and the the publication mm -hmm. will profit if you buy stuff after clicking the link. Yeah, yeah. So like in the probably twenty sixteen era, uh, all of the stuff I so I, I did a lot of previously outdoor journalism, right? Writing about climbing gear, bikes, that kind of thing, uh, and like that whole industry went to just Afcon, like just affiliate links yeah. and they kind of trashed any quality review stuff and i can see like a similar change to that happening with this right where where people will will just chase that seo max copy and that will become the new cool thing to do and like a lot of outlets will yeah. suffer as a result but that's not the like earth shattering change that people are talking about on, on twitter.com or whatever Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If 
you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Well, one thing I saw recently is that more and more students are just using ChatGPT to look up information, like as opposed yeah, to like as, as, opposed as opposed to Wikipedia, as opposed to Wikipedia, or as opposed to Google. If they have a question, they'll ask ChatGPT, which has a few problems. But as soon as you start getting into how much of the ChatGPT output is just AI hallucinations, yeah, where it's not yeah. actual information, which is honest, that's something I should just write my own thing on in the future. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's just it's it's a really weird problem. Uh, that's really interesting that the the problem of like because i think it's it's very clear to me at this point that ai is a a more user-friendly search experience than a search engine right Mm -hmm. because you can talk to it like a person and explain what you need explained that doesn't mean it's a better option in terms of it provides people with information more effectively that it it, that it actually tells them what they want to know as well but it's like easier and and maybe like less uh 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 kind of um an, an imposing task to like ask an ai a question than it is to ask like a search and to to especially as as much worse as google has gotten lately like one of the things that i found interesting as i was kind of doing digging for this i was looking at some ai articles that were published in like 2019 2020 2021 this is before the big you know ai um push that like we're currently all in the middle of before chat gpt you know, got its its widespread release. And it was talking with like some people from Google who were like, yeah, we really see AI like supercharging our search results. You know, there's a lot of potential and like its ability to help people with search. And I'm thinking about in 2020, 2019, Google was a really useful tool and it's a shit show now. Like it's filled with ads, like search results have gotten markedly worse. Everyone who uses Google as part of their job will tell you that it's gotten like, significantly worse in the recent uh past and like i uh uh i uh, that's kind of like the the thing that i see being more of a worry and it it's one of those things it's like on one hand in the hype machine you have like ai could become like our new god king uh, and destroy us all and the other like ai is going to like 
you know, it, it create all, there's all, all this vague talk about, well, it could be giving people the tools to create more art than ever before, um, to, you know, make more good things faster. And I kind of feel like, well, what if neither of those things happens, which I, and it, it just sort of allows us to continue making the internet worse for everybody at a, at a more rapid pace. Like yeah. what, what if that's the primary thing that we notice about AI as consumers? Um, it's probably a reasonable assumption. I think Garrison's point was good though when they said that like bigger companies will buy, like companies will just exist to get bought, right? Which is the yeah. thing that's happened in tech for decades because like it can't fundamentally change things. Like if AI is another means of production, right? If we mm-hmm. want to be like a grossly materialist, um, if AI is another means of production, it's a tool for making things. If the same people own it and benefit from it, then like it, it is, it's incapable of fundamentally changing our material yeah. conditions, right? It just becomes another way and for them to yeah, churn out shit and say that like, this is fine. This is what you'll get, you know, like churn out shit content on the internet or whatever it might be. And likewise, if AI is primarily like if it gets caught in this kind of SEO loop where it exists primarily to help advertise and sell products, whether it's as a search engine or generating mass content, you know, for, for yeah. like the internet that's sort of optimized to, to appear higher in search results. Um, and it's also being trained on that. Is there a point at which it kind of starts to lobotomize itself where it's just recycling <laughs> yeah. shit other AI has written? Yeah, um, which also seems kind of inevitable with that. This is one of those things. So one of the more famous moments in like recent AI research is um, this uh, Google researcher, Timnit Gebru, um, who no longer works at Google, um, and some other very smart people put together a paper that like was, I think, generally regarded by AI folks as kind of middle of the road. But it it, it kind of it developed the term stochastic parrot, which is what people know it for as sort of trying to describe what these quote unquote AIs do in a way that's better than an AI. Cause like part of what it was saying is that like, we have to look at this as kind of like a parrot that if you say enough like words around it, including enough like racial slurs, it'll start repeating a bunch of toxic shit. It doesn't know what it's doing. It doesn't have intention. It's just kind of like repeating this stuff because that's what's been fed into it. But one of the things that point out in that paper is that like when you have an AI, when you have one of these LLMs trained on too large of a model, it becomes number one, kind of impossible to avoid that toxic stuff, but it also reduces the utility of, of the AI in a lot of ways, because like when you have so much data going in, it's very difficult um, for the humans to kind of tell how competent it is. This is why stuff like chat GPT involves so much human training, why they had hundreds of people spending tens of thousands of man hours, like going through responses to tell if they made sense. Because when you've got like, it's one thing if you're like using an, if you're, for example, training an AI on a bunch of different like medical data to try to determine patterns and like uh, antibiotic research, right? Which is a thing that that LLMs have been like shown to be, have, have some early utility in is like kind of helping to identify new paths for like antibiotics research Mm -hmm. Um, because like we've got a lot of data, but it's also a really focused kind of data, right? We're not like training these things on like all of, you know, Wikipedia and, and, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of, of, of fan fiction stories about Kirk and Mulder fucking each other um, during some sort of like exile file, Star Trek crossover. Um, We're, we're, we're using a fairly focused data set, um, to try and analyze it in a, a manner more efficiently than people are simply capable of. 
that's a lot more useful in terms of getting good data than, you know, just training it on half a trillion different things out there, a lot of which are going to be lies. Um, but anyway, I, uh, I, I found that interesting. It's kind of worth noting that like uh, Gebru and a number of other people who were responsible for that got uh, forced out by Google and kind of attacked by yeah. the industry um, because – I think there's a desperation, and I, I talked about this in an, uh, that episode I did last year, kind of about the the fundamental emptiness at the core of the modern tech industry. But I think there's this desperation on like, we, we have to find the new thing, the thing that's going to be as big as social media was, the thing that's going to deliver the kind of stock market returns that social media did. Um, and that doesn't exist yet. And AI is the, the after especially uh, several years of disasters with crypto, and diminishing returns in social media and uh, honestly diminishing returns in like traditional tech because shit like smartphones have reached kind of a point of saturation, right? You can make money, sell obviously, like you can make money selling smartphones, but you can't show exponential growth, right? There's just not that many people who need new ones. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I think there's, I, I feel some desperation here. I wanted to kind of close by reading you all. I found a, a very funny article in the Financial Times that was about the potential that um, the head of Europe's biggest media group, Bertelsmann, um, sees for generative AI. Um, and yeah, it, it interviewed a couple of people, including a guy, Thomas Rabe, who works uh, um, is the chief executive of the German business that owns Penguin Random House. Um, and one of the things that he says in this is basically like, I think this is, you know, uh, uh, going to be super great for authors. Um, you know, there's a potential for copyright infringement problems, but really, like, it would allow you to feed your own work into an AI um, and then produce much more content than you were ever able put able to put out before. Like his exact quote is, "It's if it's your content for which you own the copyright, and then you use it to train the software, you can in theory generate content like never before." Um, which Yay. I think is, yeah, a fundamental, <laughs> like, you know, it, I, I, I don't actually even think it's going to be possible to like train them on airport novels. Like you've got like James Patterson and other guys who they're not, they don't write their own books anymore. They have like a team of ghostwriters, but like having gone through a lot of AI stories, they're not books. Like they're not capable of writing books. They're yeah. capable of like producing text and producing pieces of books that human beings can edit laboriously into something that might look like a book. But the use in that is not like filling up airports with kind of mid-grade fiction, because I think that's even beyond these models. It's like tricking people on Amazon. Um, there was a really funny quote in this article, though, um, where at the end of it, um, uh, Rabe is like, I asked ChatGPT what the impact of ChatGPT or generative AI is on publishing. It prepared a phenomenal text. Frankly, it was very detailed and to the point. Uh, which he then uh, presented at a staff event. So there is kind of evidence that a CEO jobs could be pretty easily replaced by this. Like <laughs> so, if you don't so actually true. have to know actually, how to do yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Comrade ChatGPT, we we agree. Uh, it's a spinning Jenny for bosses. I love it. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's what I've got right now. We have a we've been doing some research, and we'll have an article out on one of the more unsettling little side industries that I think AI is going to create. Mm -hmm. Um, which is like scam children's books uh, that exist to make 
con men on the internet money and poison the minds of little kids. Uh, but but we'll get that Good. to you next week. Um, yeah, felt like it was worth coming back to this subject because it, it I don't know, it, it's the most apocalyptic thing people in the media are talking about in a day in which like the entire Northeast is blanketed in poison smoke, <laughs> yeah. which seems bad. Yeah. Well, people are talking about that now because they all live in New York and they're freaking yeah. the fuck out. But uh, yeah, previous to this. Yeah. Anyway. Not been Get, go to hell. It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.